When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm still Adam Todd Brown. And I'm, unfortunately, Connor McSpadden. <laughs> we are your hosts. Yeah. How's it been going since we recorded last? Uh, good. We you know, talked a little Kanye. Talked a little Kanye. I topped off the Brita filter. You know, I like to... Thank the, you very much. Which, uh, which of the hosts would you say is the worst about topping off the Brita filter? Everyone but you. Really? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. I think... Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty much just you who actually... Refills it. Well, shots, everybody. <laughs> it's not that hard, okay? I, drink, I also drink a lot of water, so. Yeah. We just got a new Brita filter. A uh, a guy I used to work with posted this thread on Twitter, Soren Bowie, who is a writer for American Dad now. Oh. Uh, but he used to be an editor at Cracked. He posted this Twitter thread about how he had an ant infestation and couldn't find where they were coming from. And eventually. Oh, no. Pulled this old Brita filter out of the back of a cabinet above his refrigerator, and it just ants just poured out of Fuck. it. And they had been planting or laying oh, eggs inside the no. Brita filter. Yeah, it sounded oh, pretty fucking horrifying. That's rough, dude. I fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Adam Cousins tweeted a long time ago. I, th- I still think about it. It's a if we're being honest at this point, it's just a Brita make water colder, <laughs> <laughs> or water make colder. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel Pretty like much. Is, yeah, yeah. I got a, my ex girlfriend gave me a Brita filter like two years ago, and we're still using it. <laughs> I had a weird thing. I used to do Airbnb in Santa Monica. I would rent my house out and just go do shows on the road or go see people, uh, like. Two weeks out of the month. Yeah, yeah. And it, just pay, it paid my rent. Totally, yeah. And I had this, the last person who stayed there was this old dude, probably in his 70s or 80s. And the first night he's there, he calls me and is like, what am I supposed to do with this water pitcher in the refrigerator? And I was like, I don't know, fucking drink out of it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what most people do. Like, yeah. Was... One woman bought me a new filter once. Like, wow. Like, just, you know, use it. Yeah. I like, I like the, the, there is something when you get older where every single thing needs to be explained or it's a yeah. problem. And I was like, you know, most people just use it. You can just slide it out of the way if it's a problem. I come back and we had done this arrangement where he was going to stay for a few days and then go to Northern California and then come back and stay for a couple more days. Yeah. And I went home in between those two stays, and he had taken the water pitcher and emptied it out and put it on the floor next to the refrigerator. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Yeah. So I refilled it and put it back in, you know, not thinking anything of it. 
Then I come back after his next stay. He had emptied it out and put it under the sink, <laughs> like where all the chemicals and cleaning products are. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck kind of conspiracy does this guy have against water filters? Why is this so much of an affront to you? Yeah. You know? And he also left some arts and crafts thing that I hope he did with a grandchild <laughs> and just wasn't his, but it was made out of pop- popsicle sticks. And it I said, thought you were going to say made out of poppers. He had, like a, <laughs> he had like a Black Panther necklace full of jungle juice. It was... Brand of poppers, not a racist thing. <laughs> it was a like made out of popsicle sticks and it said love on the side. Ooh, that's that sucks. <laughs> that, that, and that was the last house I uh, last time I opened my place up for Airbnb. Yeah, I've considered. I think my house. You've been to my house. It's probably too shitty to Airbnb. <laughs> it would be rough. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I, I like. I don't know how much disclaiming I could do and still not get a bunch of three stars. Like, look, all right. <laughs> We have sure. walls. It's there $15 a-, a night, but... Yeah. And again, <laughs> at that point, it wouldn't even be worth it. Right. You know? So, yeah, we're we're talking about... Uh, clearly, we're talking about conspiracy theorists. Yeah, yeah. You know, just fucking... Uh, we're profiling that guy. We, yeah. we, we, uh, we We doxed him. All right? We got his full that LinkedIn history. That crazy Brita guy. Turned out it was David Icke. What? Yeah. Ooh, a little, uh, little celebrity. We're continuing conspiracy theorist month talking about david ike he's one of the more interesting i mean every conspiracy theorist story is pretty interesting but david ike's is yeah just phenomenal it's pretty fucking odd it and he is a guy that i that i remember do have heard like mentioned on like british panel shows and stuff like that and i never really knew who it was and i think i kind of knew who i read about him but i didn't know i just didn't connect that it was him but yeah uh, yeah he's he's kind of a uh he's a popular sort of reference point over there yeah uh, it's David Ike, I C K E, but pronounced Ike. He was the son of a more world- like David Ick. I'm right. <laughs> That's how most people pronounce it. I had to Google it before we recorded this. Yeah, we didn't want to be disrespectful to this man and his work. <laughs> There's some YouTube page out there, and it's just a girl with a perfectly pleasant voice, and it's nothing but videos of her pronouncing words. Really? Yeah. Damn, that that girl gets jerked off to probably more than some porn star. And you know she's making a fucking killing on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same thing where this hot girl used to do calculus tutorials, and I remember being like, I like the way she explains (laughs) the fucking integrals. (laughs) I couldn't even remember a calculus term. That's how long it's been since I've applied my life to anything productive. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember shit about calculus. I was was good at math. Math was my favorite subject. Yeah, I was pretty good at it, too. I I remember, like, getting the calculus and being like, oh, I actually see how math could be like useful for more than shit that I can have an Excel spreadsheet do, you know, right. being interested by it. But stuff I'm never going to do. Yeah. No, still. I, I, I dropped my calculus class to go do uh, an open mic in Costa Mesa. So, <laughs> you know, what the fuck do I know about anything? Probably a good choice. So let's talk a little bit about David Icke. His father was a World War II veteran, and this had a huge impact on him. This is a quote from David Icke about his father's time in World War II. He was stunned to see Roman Catholic churches with untold wealth in places like Naples, surrounded by unbelievable poverty, while those in such dire need went on giving to their merciless religion. It made him vehemently anti-religion for the rest of his life. But unfortunately, he also rejected any idea of life after death because he equated that with the view of the religions he so despised. His Naples stories and many more that he told me shaped my outlook on life from a very early age. See, at this point, he sounds pretty cool. 
that all sounds normal. It sounds like something that a, a kid living in that situation might come away with. Yeah, certainly. But it definitely doesn't explain everything that no. happens in this guy's yeah, yeah. career. Again, it's always one thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, I went to one meeting, and I thought that, yeah, maybe we should re- redistribute the means of production. Then all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> he was super poor growing up. This is another quote from him. On a number of occasions when there was a knock on the door, my mother would tell me to hide under the window or behind a chair. There we would stay, still and quiet, until she gave the all clear... I had no idea what that this... there were vampires like <laughs> I am legend. I had no idea what this was all about until later when I realized the knock was the council rent man coming to collect the money we didn't have. And when no one answered, he would walk around the house looking in the windows. This happened many times. And it's funny. I sometimes still get a knot in my stomach when there's a knock at the door. Well, because now it's going to be like British intelligence. Yeah. To shoot you in the face or something. Mm hmm. What's their intelligence agent? Scotland Yard? Uh, it's MI6. Isn't MI6, it? yeah. Is Scotland Yard Scottish? No, like Scot- Scot- Scotland Yard is their, I think it's their like national police. Yeah, it might be their like uh, secret service. Yeah. Something like that. Like their version of the FBI. Again, that's how cute British people are. It's like even their fucking contract killers for the government sound like a brand of sheets. Yeah. You know, like Scotland Yard. <laughs> oh, they have the best summer sausage. I like how they're, like, he described the guy as the council rent man. Like, the low-income housing in England is called council estates. Uh-huh. And that sounds so fucking nice. It does, yeah. The council estates. But if you live like on that's a- like the, England is just better at branding. Like we have the projects, right? The PJs. <laughs> oh yeah, we're living in the council housing. Oh nice! Oh, wow. a council estate. Congratulations. Yeah. No, it's bad times. Kanye is going into affordable housing. He really <laughs> is, he? is. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, uh, Donda. His company is going to make like low income housing for Chicago or something like that. I saw a news article. And it's the, happening. Yeah, and the houses all look like 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 where Kanye would live so it's like this like very like kind of like like tiny shitty just but it's just like yeah man I want to live in the bathroom of a fancy hotel is basically what it looks like I mean the bathroom of a fancy hotel is usually pretty nice oh dude even the a, bathroom of the Hollywood hotel is great the bathroom of the Hollywood hotel is great if you if you want to piss in Los Angeles do yourself a favor and go to the goddamn Ondas next to the comedy store the doors go all the way floor to ceiling you got a little oh, wow. apartment in there it's fucking nice never once have i been hassled on my way in or out of this bathroom oh i was i had the w in fucking chicago they put me up for that tv uh the tv thing and uh-huh. I, oh, I stole the bathrobe i stole the towels i got this fucking <laughs> great acne like face scrub i fucking the w is nice i made out good yeah, yeah yeah every time someone mistakenly puts me up in a nice hotel for comedy i'd take full advantage i'm like nude as soon as i'm in the door <laughs> Yeah, we went, I did a, like, press thing for the first Planet of the Apes movie in this current mm-hmm. reboot of it. About that Obama aide? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Taking shots, Roseanne. <laughs> That's right. Your bigotry will not be unnoticed by the Conspiracy of the Show podcast. Exactly. At this point, a month after it happened when this episode comes out. <laughs> and they put us up at the W, and they were like, yeah, if you want anything from the mini bar, we cleaned the fucking every person i think cleaned out their mini bar and also whatever like gummy bears and shit oh, like yeah. just dump it in your bag yeah and the next trip we went on with them they were like no mini bar no mini bar it was locked yeah because that's probably fucking four hundred dollars oh, hundreds of, of dollars oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah i was drinking like mini bottles of jameson 
<laughs> and just alcohol I never drank. I drank gin and I fucking hate gin. Yeah, yeah. But it's like free mini bar. I'm gonna kill it. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh so yeah, I don't know I don't know how we got on all that, but let's get back to David Ike. Let's talk about his early career a little bit. He entered into football at age nine, even though he was a stupid kid. And it's worth noting that's the football that anyone can do. It's not like... Yeah, it's not like good football. Yeah, it's not like real football. Yeah. And he eventually, at the age of 15, left school to join a professional football team, Coventry City. (laughs) And he also played on the reserve team for Oxford United, as well as Northampton Town. And he came down with rheumatoid arthritis at 21. Yeah. And it's ends a fucking up, nasty disease. Ends up having to quit professional sports. And what an age to come down with it. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've, I, I have uh, people close to me in my life that, that suffer with that, and it's fucking brutal. And it's one of these things where it's such like, uh, I remember having hemorrhoids, you know, and this is like, they don't, don't think I'm equating the two. But I had hemorrhoids when I was a kid, and it was so bad. I just remember just being like, I remember just laying on the couch looking at my mother. It's like, I, how do I make this go away? Like, it just like, it does like t- fucking the, the kind of any kind of constant pain like that, that you can't turn oh, off yeah. for a while fucking deteriorates your, your, your like ability to fucking think to a point that it's like, I almost can empathize more with someone who's a conspiracy theorist if they're living with a chronic disease. Cause it's like, fuck, I got to do something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's not like, you know, quitting sports made the disease go away. This is no, the thing yeah. he's been living with his entire life. Uh, but after he quit sports, he ends up having to move back in with his parents. Mm-hmm. Perfect conspiracy theorist move right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really like the, uh, the Rhodes Scholarship for conspiracy theorists, <laughs> moving back in with your parents. And in 73, he started working with Lester Advertiser. I like that I pronounce Lester right when it's spelled L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R yeah. and then fucked up advertiser. Yeah. But that's fine. And then moved up to the BBC reporting on football again. The, the big black cock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In 1981, he worked as a sports reporter for Newsnight, but also reported on several other stories. And by the early 80s, he was hosting the BBC's most watched sports show. Yeah, it's like if Terry Bradshaw all of a sudden was just like, there's there's Jews in your water, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. That's what makes his story so crazy. Yeah. Like, he had a perfectly fine career going for him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He could have kept doing that shit the rest of his life, probably. Yeah. And That's a fucking easy gig. Once yeah. you're like the, kind of the face of a sport, people get used to you, and you gotta you gotta get pretty bad before they slide in a, a new a new guy. Like even Marv Albert, like he had a really gnarly sex scandal at one point, and he was an announcer for the Knicks and for the NBA in general. Mm-hmm. And like he had this sex scandal in the '90s where he like maybe assaulted this prostitute or yeah. cross dresser or something like that. And he was kicked off the air for a while, and eventually people were like, "Man, we miss Marv Albert." Yeah, and he it's just really, came back. <laughs> it's kind of like be, it's like the closest you can get, probably in broadcasting, to be like a tenured professor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's crazy to me that this guy didn't just ride that out and maybe like do the conspiracy shit in your spare time. Yeah, fucking have a nom de plume, bro. Yeah, he. Uh, Which sounds like what French people call farts. <laughs> But in the 80s, he starts getting involved with the Green Party and starts... Smoking that Green Party. Exactly. Crazy guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a lizard noise, everybody. <laughs> and he starts uh, kind of rebelling against the Thatcher government, but also around this time starts feeling like he's being followed by a presence. Yeah. And at one Not a van. Followed by a van, you're like, maybe. <laughs> but a presence, you're like, hmm. That's different. Yeah. Uh, there's at one point he said he was sitting in a hotel. Imagine, get, imagine being haunted by a ghost that drives by in like generic flowers <laughs> delivery van. That <laughs> would be so funny if they're just like, yeah, there's this pizza place that doesn't exist. keeps driving around next to me and there's no one at the wheel. So, yeah, this presence, he says, accompanies him the whole time he's working for the Green Party. And in the 80s, he starts turning to like alternative and new age medicine. And everything changes when he goes to see a psychic. This psychic's name is Betty Shine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which, man. that's an appropriate psychic that's name. That's an awesome name. He visits her in 1990 and he sees her as someone to speak to regarding his arthritis as well as the presence following him. Which, you know, yeah. if you can... Handle the arthritis without a doctor. Why not hit up the, psych- the psychic first? Yeah. Uh, she tells him after three visits that she has made a connection with the presence, despite Ike not having mentioned the presence to her. Okay. He went three visits without going, by the way, there's a ghost following me at all times. Also, has he? Uh, I wonder if he'd ever mentioned this in an interview or anything. Yeah. Like, you I know. would sit down. If I thought a presence was following me, I would sit down in front of that psychic and just go, do you see it? First things first. <laughs> yeah. You know? Can we address the elephant in the room, which is a ghost over my right shoulder? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm worried about my career, but mostly I'm being <laughs> haunted. <laughs> I feel like that takes precedence over, so do you think it's going to work out with Carol? <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like we like each other, but I don't know if it's like love, love, or just like we're used to it, love. No. So, according to Shine... I feel shit, lady. (laughs) The presence is... Classic English accent. ...is Chinese in appearance, (laughs) uh, going by the name... He's always in a liquor store, no matter where he goes. (laughs) Going by the name Wang Ye Lee. Yep. And Wang Ye Lee made several predictions about David Icke, uh, and just predictions in general, uh, that there will be great earthquakes. These will come as a warning to the human race... They will occur in places that have never experienced them. Maybe like Oklahoma, which now leads the country besides Alaska in earthquakes. No kidding. Yeah, because of fracking. They I was over- about to say oil's got to be involved. Yeah, they overtook California in like 2015 or 16. Fucking good for you guys. Yeah. That's, That's right the- around the time we gave a bunch of land in Oklahoma back to like the natives there. You touched like, it last. <laughs> hey, we're done with it now. You have it. I hope Good it, fuck it. I hope they become known for earthquakes because I'm tired of fucking traveling and people go, oh, I don't like them earthquakes. I'm like, I literally have slept through 95% of the earthquakes in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're not as big of a deal. Uh, like, I, even when I feel one, it's just like, oh, was that an earthquake? Or just, yeah. did someone bang something in the... Apartment I, I panic way more when my credit card, like the credit card machine's down at the store, and I'm just like, are we being EMP'd? That's what I think every time. That's what I think every time I go to a place that has shitty Wi-Fi. I think we're being EMP'd, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, just going to go steal fresh water and try to get underground. <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. 
It is. You're going to be right one time. God help me if I get money, because I'm just going to become an EMP preparedness guy. Here's, here's, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know what? I really should have put some away for like health insurance and you know, like putting a down payment on a home. But here's what I have. I have a lot of sneakers and rations. So <laughs> can I trade these for like a, like a loan? I don't know how this works. <laughs> um, another prediction from Wang Ye Lee. This one is about David Icke. He's a healer who is here to heal the earth and will be world famous. He will face enormous opposition, but we will always be there to, pr- to protect him. Sometimes he will say things and wonder where they're from. They will be our words. Also, he will write five books in three years. Politics is not for him. He's too spiritual. Politics <laughs> is very unspiritual and will make him unhappy. And the last prediction, one man cannot change the world. But one man can communicate the message that will change the world. I think he took that last one to mean he was talking about Hitler. Because <laughs> he gets really anti-Semitic after this. He does. Telling, being a psychic and having like a, a broken down person in front of you and telling them something like this is so profoundly fucking cruel. I really hate psychics. I got into a huge fight with a girlfriend about this one time because she's like, I thought it was fun. I'm like, they just prey on people like my fucking grandma who lives on a fixed income and wants to feel like there's some kind of greater purpose and meaning in her fucking life. And it's just like, you're fucking charlatan. It's, 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 it, it, it makes, it, I got so pissed. And I just, I go, I go off on this big rant or whatever and she's like, I thought it was cool. <laughs> and, I was just, and I was just like, oh, this is why I'm never going to, this is why I'm going to be a, a fucking lifelong bachelor probably. It's because I just like, I'll tell you a little thing. I'll just start. She's like, yeah, how do you feel about psychics? And I didn't really think about it, assuming she was going to be like, yeah, they're dumb as fuck. And I just kind of just like got, I was just like in a pissy mood and I just like, did like a three minute monologue. And I was like, why are you being so quiet? And I was like, kind of trying not to cry. I was like, you think I'm <laughs> stupid? And I was like, no, not, not, not when you do it. <laughs> you know, it's just cool when you do it. <laughs> cool when you do it. Yeah, I've always, like you see these psychic storefronts and it's like shit is expensive in LA. Yeah. How are they affording that property if nothing else? No, I wouldn't even go to one as a goof. I don't want to fucking support that industry. I went to Casadega, which is the biggest community of psychics and mediums in the world. Okay. And it's a town in Florida where literally every door has a sign on it offering psychic or medium services. Okay. And it was garbage. Yeah. I was there with my girlfriend or the girl I was dating at the time. And she went in first. And then I went in after her. And then we talked after. And basically every question the psychic asked me was based on something my girlfriend told her. Yeah. And she was like, she told me the thing about I see a presence around you. And she was like, his name uh, starts with a J. And I'm like, did my cousin Jason die? Like, what the fuck happened? I don't yeah, know yeah. who this is. Like, who are you talking about? Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it felt like the first woman we tried to go to was just way too hammered. <laughs> Hell yeah. She well, was. you're supposed to be communicating with spirits, not <laughs> drinking them, lady. Hey. Come on. But, yeah, it all felt pretty scammy. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. David Icke took it very, very seriously. And the next thing he does after the psychic meeting, he appears on the British television program Wogan. And he begins the show by describing the importance of certain colors and the energy they create when explaining 
why he's wearing a turquoise jumpsuit. <laughs> he then describes himself as the son of the Godhead, causing the audience to laugh. The program shows Ike's transformation in the eyes of the British audience. The show's host, Terry Wogan, at one point notes, to, notes of the audience's reaction to Ike. They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. That's rough. And Ike even himself says... I'm just imagining a little kid that looks like Joe Rogan. He's like, I'm Joe Wogan. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Boyne. Um, I've seen a, a clip of this show, and it was, it was someone talking about time travel. Uh-huh. And he was talking about time travel in this appearance. and But the person was... They were more sympathetic to David Icke. And they're like, everything he's saying is true. And look at this audience laughing at him. And it was brutal oh, the way yeah. people were laughing at that him. sounds uncomfortable. But like, it's, you made a good comparison with Terry Bradshaw. Like If he showed up it was just on like, InfoWars tomorrow oh, yeah, yeah. and was like, time look, travel's real, man. He looks like Jesse Ventura, but he's not him. <laughs> yeah. you know. Like That would be strange as fuck yeah. if that happened. And that's David Icke. Yeah. Like, he was just a soccer announcer who one day was like, I'm wearing turquoise because the vibrations it gives off and time travel's real. Yeah. That is, <laughs> that's some strange shit. Okay, so if time travel's real, um, are the galaxy going to cover the spread? Uh, <laughs> help me out. And one of the, at least one of those predictions did come true. David Icke wrote a bunch of books. Wow. The one, who yeah. would have thought the one he had the most control <laughs> over? <laughs> uh, the first one in 1994 was called The Robot's Rebellion. In one chapter, Ike suggests that ancient civilizations in Mesopotamia, such as the Sumerians, were visited by alien life forms that in turn became their gods, as well as the basis of the god of the Abrahamic religions. Interesting. Yeah. The judgmental, this is a quote, the judgmental god so widely quoted in the Old Testament and other ancient texts who threatens to bring horrors upon human beings if they don't do as he tells them, merely reflects the attitude of the negative ETs or channeled entities. They are not the words of God, but those of the extraterrestrials and channeled entities who were thought to be gods. Go to church and worship an ET. Well, <sighs> yeah, that's it's actually not that different from. Have you ever watched Ancient Aliens? Yeah, of yeah. course you have. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I when I moved into this apartment the first couple of days, we didn't have Internet. And my TV runs off the internet. Uh-huh. And I went to a store uh, just to buy like a magazine or something to read. And I ended up buying like a Time magazine, Ancient Aliens. It was like $15. It's one of those like <laughs> glossy, yeah, sort of yeah. hardcover magazines. Like, yeah, they make them kind of nice. Commemorative things. And it was basically just a paragraph synopsis of each episode of ancient aliens and i still read the thing from fucking oh yeah i bet yeah yeah and that that's kind of the theory behind like you see hieroglyphics and there's like a fucking flying spaceship oh yeah i mean there's one pretty fucking there's some pretty fucking good ones that are kind of compelling where it's like oh yeah they see this weird looking kind of craft that's drawn and it it carved into stone well we made something like that that looks like that and we put it in a wind tunnel and it actually flies really fucking well and you're like right oh yeah interesting you know there's like some cool shit there and i I don't know i'm not an ancient aliens guy but it's like no fun you know yeah and it the it raises the question of how like one of the things that comes up in ancient aliens is how did so many different cultures that definitely weren't communicating at the time, how did they all end up drawing the same kind of shit in the sky and what were they seeing? And yeah, 
and I think that's kind of the the theory he's getting at here. Yeah, he, and he's like, you know, basically trying to kind of putting kind of a hat on the a hat on a hat with the whole like choose the part of the religion that you like and apply that to your life and discard the rest. Where he's like. You know, it's kind of like the uh, the satanic verses that Salman Rushdie wrote. You know, which I think you know it's a, a little bit different, but it's like, oh, the bad shit was aliens, right? Know? Right. And in he talks a lot about uh, Romans and the Catholic Church bringing about the New World Order, which mm-hmm. of course, yeah. He describes the Freemasons as being behind America's decision to fight the British in the American Revolutionary War, with revolutionary leaders choosing Mason iconography for America's later symbols. That part is kind of true. Yeah. Like, yeah there certainly. is some Masonic symbol use at work in a lot of the early America stuff. Oh, Even totally. the way DC is laid out. Like, oh, yeah. It's a very odd, oddly structured city. It's, it's like got this kind of compass shape to it, which is one of the big Freemason symbols. So, yeah. I mean, maybe. I'm just, knows? I always feel like if you're into sketchy shit, like, what, what is this hiding clues business? You know, if I if I had a secret yeah. society, there wouldn't be no fucking clues, all right? It's like I watched the documentary. It's a great shitty documentary about how Paul McCartney is really uh, dead, you know? Right. And it's narrated by fake George Harrison on his deathbed, and he's like, Yeah, I've Paul, seen that when one. When Paul died, we were very sad, <laughs> and we wanted to tell everyone, but they were going to kill us. So we yeah. put clues in all the albums, <laughs> you know? And it's, all this, and it's just like, what the fuck would you do? Like, the, the, the whole, like, oh, well, we're, we're going to put a triangle on everything so everyone knows, but only the real heads yeah. know. And it's just like, no. you've it's, The real secret societies don't have a goddamn symbol, all right? They don't, right. Have a, they don't have a chant or a fucking anything, any piece of paper with their fucking itinerary on it, you know? Yeah. It's just like dudes are getting in the room together and hash shit out. Yeah, but it, it's still weird that the symbols are there. And I, it is, yeah. I, I do wonder if that's more of just like an aesthetic nod. I, I do wonder if that's yeah. kind of like the joggers of the 1700s, where it's just like, oh yeah, remember when we thought compasses were cool? You know, like that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the Nike swoosh, but for like power <laughs> brokers. You know, Freemasonry was apparently behind communism and the 1917 Russian Revolution, and it also quotes the Illuminati protocols. The book does, which are more commonly known as the Protocols of the Elders of Zion which are one of the most infamous anti-Semitic writings of all time. Also a pretty much proven forgery Yeah, that is not a real thing. So, of course, people were up in arms about him quoting a fake document, like, oh, yeah. everything you quote has to be true. And he also <laughs> talks about Bill Cooper, who we talked about on the Alex Jones episode a little bit. I guess I didn't remember this, but Bill Cooper's JFK theory was that JFK was killed because he was about to expose a drug trade involving occult practicing aliens. Oh. Which, in <laughs> retrospect, sounds a little more plausible than my Secret Service accidentally shot him theory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, we may have to go do an updated JFK episode. Yeah. I didn't take the occult aliens into account. Uh, he also wrote another book in 1995 called The Truth Shall Set You Free, where here he describes a race coming down from the solar system. And it was a combination of the gods mating with the people of earth. And they made what the Aryan race, the superior blonde haired, blue eyed race. Yep. The one with that, that you can kill with bread, you know, (laughs) that you're a mighty species, you know, when you can, when you can get taken out by, by gluten. (laughs) (laughs) 
And <coughs> you know that shit that baby ducks eat exclusively? Poison <laughs> to probably 8% of us. The Aryan. And he does. The people who can't drink milk without farting all day. <laughs> yes, the mighty <laughs> Aryan race. And he does pretty explicitly say that this is the master race that Hitler talked about. Like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So he's, uh, I guess, kind of in, in favor of that? Yeah, kind of a... Sort uh, of. He's just like, well, I mean, I thought he was a little mean about it. but <laughs> He is big on talking about the Rothschilds and how a, a global elite cadre of Jews kind of run the world yeah. and are responsible for all the bad shit. But he does stress that it's not anti-Semitic of him. He just doesn't think that most of the Jews involved in these conspiracies understand that they're involved in the conspiracy. Mm. So it's just it's like... like I, I always feel like with this shit, it's like, just say you hate this specific banker <laughs> and the the guy's grandfather doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, just like yeah. what color he is. It's like, yeah, I don't like, you know, the, the fucking Woody Allen because he's a rapist, not because he's <laughs> a Jew rapist, you know? He's part of a global conspiracy of rapists, all Jews. They just happen to be Jews. Just, there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean not all that Jews. There's anything are, wrong with it. Just doesn't mean all Jews are bad. Just Jews that know how bad they are are bad. Yeah, just like zoom in a teeny bit. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Fuck the banks. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I, oh, I didn't, I'm not, we don't need a fucking. I don't know. He also. <laughs> Uh, he on in this book has a diagram that points out how global elites created both communism and fascism with the purpose of setting them against one another and using the ensuing war as a reason to establish the UN and the European Union. You know, yeah, those things happened. Yeah, pretty run of the mill shit. Yeah, maybe he's right. Then Princess Diana dies. He becomes one of the main conspiracy theorists behind that. Yeah. Uh, what was his take on it exactly? I remember being a little confused. Was he like a, they did it because he's a Muslim guy? Yeah, or? well, his is way the fuck out there, which is great about this guy because almost none of his conspiracies are remotely believable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the neatest. Yeah, it's, it's, they're all fun ones. It's it's nothing where you're like, well, maybe the, the Tower 7 is a little weird. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all just like, well, yeah, uh, it was uh, fucking Space Hitler. <laughs> Uh, his Di- Princess Diana theory, uh, he suggests that the Windsor royal family wanted Diana for the purposes of a sacrifice, Connor. Oh, duh. Uh, and also because their genetics were becoming imbalanced towards the non-human side, and they needed someone with blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, you needed that. You so, needed to go right to the fucking source. And she was a victim of mind control needed by... A, needed to freshen up that inbred coffee. <laughs> The little master race. She was a victim of mind control by the royal family, along with her children. And Prince William's birth was induced for, we could probably finish this sentence, sentence together, the purposes of the Babylon Brotherhood <laughs> summer solstice. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, the worst music festival. Yeah. If you thought Firefest was bad, the food at the Babylon Brothers summer solstice, it's all like lentils and babies. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, he says she was named after another Queen Diana, which was the pseudonym of Queen... Diana Ross? <laughs> Samaramis, the Queen of the Illuminati. Her followers migrated to France and created a space of worship to their queen around where the Pont de Alama is, 
where Princess Diana's car crash occurred. Hence, Ike argues, the location of Diana's death was chosen as a place of sacrifice. Yeah. So, again, all this Again, pretty standard fare. Adding, like, <laughs> if you're doing a murder hit, why do you... The, the location is... The, you want a weird... You want a random a location as possible. Yeah. No landmarks. You want a, mo- <laughs> you want a motel in Jersey. You don't want to do it in the in the center of a, of a bunch of outback steakhouses that make a pentagram, you know? Yeah. Have you seen that? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, there's this one neighborhood where, like, outback steakhouses, just the locations of them draw a pentagram, like, perfectly. <laughs> it's pretty sick. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's... One of the things I'm most excited about moving to Burbank, I have an Outback Steakhouse now. Are you an Outback Steakhouse guy? Their cheese fries with bacon are a fucking delight. All right. All right. And I'm listening. If you order a steak, they'll just bring you a big ass bowl of sauteed mushrooms with it for like an extra dollar. Oh, yeah. I love fucking. Yeah. Good times. I'm way into Outback. Uh <laughs> In 1999, his book, The Biggest Secret, this is where he starts to talk about the reptilians Mm. and all the world leaders being lizards. It opens with a quote from William Reich, who is a controversial figure in the field of psychoanalysis who claimed that a biological energy called orgone existed. Reich died in prison and his publications were burned by the government. We need to look into that guy. Yeah, that guy sounds good. Yeah, I've never heard about him. Yeah. Uh, is this like organ therapy? I don't know. Organ therapy is kind of like primal scream therapy. I had a buddy that was really into that when he was in like high school, but it's like a weird kind of like catharsis type based like, you know, version of psychotherapy. Weird. Yeah, yeah that's pro- it's got to be related. I think this it might guy be, was yeah. working in psychoanalysis. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking it's fucking creepy shit, you know. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I was like 19 and i was just studying at uc irvine and i like to go in a room and scream to get out the something or other. i don't fucking know get out the orgone probably yeah get get that orgone out get that or get that orgone gone Man, but never, more like orgone never wife up a girl before you get the orgone out. <laughs> all right you, you ain't thinking straight man and yeah this is the book where he starts talking about the reptilian shit in chapter two he describes how specific reptilians the anunnaki uh shout out to ancient aliens again live underground in catacombs and caverns. The Chupacabra and Dracula are both claimed to be references to reptilians. (laughs) He brings up the work of another conspiracy theorist named Kathy O'Brien, who claims that past U.S. presidents are reptilians and that George Lucas is secretly working with the CIA and NASA. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a fuck? I I bet whatever they do is going to suck, you know? I mean, Star Wars, sure, it's softened us up for Nazis, but... Whatever. Did it really? What? what oh, well, just, it is. It's kind of a Nazi story, not like yeah. a pro-Nazi story, but yeah, it is yeah. a fighting uh, fascism kind of story. Yeah, and the and it's uh, like kids think stormtroopers are cool, right? You know, and they're basically the SS. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. So sure, maybe he's working with the CIA. Doesn't make the original trilogy any worth worse watching. I said that wrong. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Really high. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, he talks about the Anunnaki, and Alex Jones appears as a critic during this time, describing Ike as someone that discredits others in the conspiracy-minded movement. All right, so now I believe everything David Ike says. Yeah. If Alex Jones is saying that about him. Trying to do some character assassination on our boy. (laughs) And... The thing about so it's I bet that guy likes money and hot rocks, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the thing about his lizard people theory is it also comes off as kind of anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah. Which is just one of the things keeping people from believing it fully, I I suppose. Well, you had me until the (laughs) anti-Zionist sentiment. Is uh, that, what the fuck? Am I using that correctly? I guess anti-Semitic. Zionist is is like the people that believe that Israel is like the God-given homeland, correct? Yeah. Okay. There was, maybe we talked, I think we maybe skipped over it in the LaRouche episode, but in the notes for some something I just recorded, there was a mention of a guy who just lost his job in like 2017 for saying that, you know, originally Hitler just wanted to relocate Jews to Israel, so he was kind of the original Zionist. Oh god! <laughs> and people were like, "Whoa!" You don't know where he's going to take the ashes, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yikes! So, in discussing Ike's reptilian thesis, David G. Robinson of the University of Edinburgh. Where it feels like a waste of the word thesis, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. David G. Robinson, University of Edinburgh, probably during Fringe Fest, describes the ways in which Ike's strain of conspiracism differs from more traditional conspiracism. This is a quote. New Age signifies a particular narrative within the 20th century Anglo-American religious field typified by millennialism and holism. (laughs) Holism. Millennialism refers to the teleological doctrine that a radical progressive transformation of the world is imminent. It is here understood in contrast to apocalypticism, which posits destructive rather than transformational teleological scenarios. Both New Age and conspiracism are teleological, although traditional conspiracism was traditionally apocalyptic rather than millennial. Shut up! (laughs) Well, yeah, just like doom or gloom, you know? Right. This is... A or doom, doom or salvation. You know, yeah, doom and doom, but just different kinds of doom. Yeah. So the one thing surprising about this guy, very anti-Trump. Yeah, which is unusual for conspiracy theorists. A lot of conspiracy theorists took it as like a blow to the elites or whatever, because Trump's definitely not one of the elites. Yeah. Uh, and so they supported him, but David Icke actually took a lot of issue with Trump. He noted the irony that Trump had swimmed throughout life in the swamp that he claimed to be draining. You know what I kind of just realized about Trump? If he like in terms of like him putting him in, in, in like a, a rich guy elite, I think he would be like the puffy. You know, because Puffy's not a good rapper. He's not particularly right. talented. He just kind of like pimped out his name and made yeah. some decent like branding decisions. Right. You know, so so I feel like rappers begrudgingly, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I tell you, I said Puff liked it, neat, you know, but they're, they're, they're just like, oh, Puffy's here. I don't think I don't think Puffy shows up to a party and people are like, oh, great, it's Puffy. I think they're like, hey, Puff, what's going on? Yeah, probably. How's the vodka going, you know? Like the more, the actually talented Yeah, at the, at the fucking ceremony in the woods, you know, where <laughs> fucking, you know, like uh, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway execs are all yeah. like, you know, eating a child. They're, yeah, they're just, like, and they're all fucking <laughs> around an owl effigy. Yeah, hey, Don. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he even got invited to shit like that. I think he's too he's too much of a fucking blabbermouth. I I don't think yeah. he fucking got to do any of that shit. I think they I think they made him feel like he did. Yeah. I think probably. they kinda did the little brother, here's the Mad Cats controller, it's not plugged in, you're Sonic, you know. <laughs> I could see that. So yeah, that's that's pretty much David Icke. Started out as a football announcer and host, <laughs> ended up reptilian conspiracy theorist 
connoisseur. Yeah. And you got to give it Honestly, to Honestly, one of the better careers an athlete can have after their playing days are over. Yeah, I always it's thought it was... It's this or car dealership. Yeah, like I always thought it was neat that Jake Plummer became a handball player after being a quarterback for all those years. But this is so much cooler. Oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many books does he have? <laughs> exactly. Probably a few about handball. He's apparently very good. Oh, okay. Which That's I interesting. Didn't, I didn't know you could even be that good at handball. I didn't know there was a competitive level. Uh, yeah, it's a, apparently. I mean, I'm sure he's not making quarterback money yeah. or money at all. But I mean, it's on that fucking uh, the the ESPN from Dodgeball eight, the Ocho, yeah. <laughs> the know? Ocho, yeah, yeah. And it's probably a thing where you get sponsors. Like handball still has to have equipment and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I watched like the lumberjack games at the lobby of like a fucking like a mechanic when I was out in Oklahoma, and I was just like, brought to you by Craftsman Saws, the only one that the real lumberjacks use. You want to be <laughs> like this guy who's famous for eight seconds in. This one fucking local TV carrier provider, you buy Craftsman. It's like that, but it's just like, oh, yeah, Adidas will give you guys a fucking Chipotle gift card if you guys all wear their shoes while you play handball. Have you ever watched Forged in Fire? I love Forged in Fire. It's so good. It's the fucking greatest, man. I love when they chop the pig at the end, like when they're testing everyone's knife and he turns around and goes... Your blade will kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. It will cut. <laughs> that shit rocks. That show is so fucking I watched great. that shit on an airplane the other day. It was so good. That was, I, like, I was going through the queue, and I never give a shit about it. I'm like, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Forged in fire marathon. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, it's just people making knives and oh, yeah. swords. And it's, well, it's all about the people. It's all about just like this guy is uh, a hobby knives maker who drives a truck, and uh, now he's on TV, and you get to watch <laughs> that just happen. You get to just see what happens. It's, it's so good. It's so fucking great. So, yeah, that's David Icke. Go out and read all his books and find out about how Obama's a reptilian, and mm-hmm. Trump probably is too. This is a free episode, so... Don't forget, you can get two bonus episodes of this podcast every month if you subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash unpops. Helps us fucking keep the lights on and gives you a little more audio methadone to get you through the uh, workday at your factory sure job. Sure does. We're, uh, we're, I think, adding one or two more shows soon, and then we're Ooh, done. I don't even know about that. We're done. We just launched a politics podcast. I know. you got to listen to that. Adam yeah. and Chet Wild. It's, and no, uh, no one has a more um, off-the-beaten-path-yet probable take on politics than you because we, we we talked off air about some of the stuff you got coming up on the on that show and it, it may, may have already dropped by now but uh, yeah you always fucking find you always find great angles to talk about that shit with it's one of the reasons i really enjoy uh chatting with you every week thank you i appreciate that you yeah, hear so that everybody that. go listen to my goddamn politics podcast <laughs> uh and come to the live on pops podcast every month last saturday of every month at the hollywood hotel 9 p.m this month, we're doing a live episode of What in the World with Quincy Johnson the second. Yeah. Connor, what do you got going on? Oh, uh, this weekend, folks, June 15th and 16th, I'm in Austin, Texas at the Valve. Buy tickets, come see me. I'm very funny, and it's a door deal. All right. I need the, I need the cash. I already you booked the flight. You need to buy those tickets. Got to buy, yeah. You got to, and I, I'm good. I'll hang out with you. We'll go to a diner or something if there's enough yeah. people. Or I'll just go to a diner with you if you don't give me a bad vibe. Yeah. I always, whenever we're on the road, we always go out and, uh, like have dinner or something after with fans. Oh, it's fun. We just did it for the Mean Boy shows. It's a great time. Yeah. You just talk shit. You know, you can ask me all the all your lingering questions about winter and Adam's personal life. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.